Your host, Katie Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions, a firm offering expertise in retirement planning with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to NewDaySolutions.com for more information. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT Thomas at KT's Money Matters, talking about your quips and tips and financial ideas and ways to make and grow and maybe even spend money or maybe spend less money. You know, I've had an opportunity to think a lot about the changing weather in New England. I mean, you know, I know you guys are all over the place, but I got to tell you, we had our first snow this week, and suddenly we had enough snow that the ski mountains in New Hampshire, small as they are, opened up. So all of a sudden it's ski season in New Hampshire. And so Tammy and I were kicking around this idea of how people manage their winter activities, because I think that, you know, unlike summer activities where you can kind of like sit on a beach and bring a lunchbox and read a magazine, it can be kind of cheap to have a summer trip. But winter trips, I think, are pretty expensive just because of, you know, the fact that most of your recreation requires equipment and travel. So, you know, Timmy and I wanted to talk a little bit about fighting the winter blues by going out and play and, you know, not breaking the plank. So I've asked Tammy Simon, CFP, and my cohort in crime here at New Day Solutions to talk with us today a little bit about planning for the winter and how we think about planning our money and our recreational spend. Tammy, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, KT. So like you're a winter girl, like you can't wait to go skiing and I'm the girl that kind of um, wants to go to the airport. So let's talk a little bit about what people do in the winter months and what are you so excited about? Yeah, you know, so I, I think about this all the time. There are different people in New England. There are people that look forward to the snow. They want to go out and play. There's also people that love the winter because they just want to stay home. They have a list of books and movies and crockpot dinners. There, believe me, I, le- I love that that stuff too. So, but there's all different kinds of people. Do you, you know, there's the people that always escape for a week. I don't know, two weeks, a month, two two months. Some go down to Florida for the whole winter time. And so, knowing the type of person you are and knowing what it is that you like to do and what you don't like to do, kind of direct directs this this whole conversation of being able to go out and play and and enjoy the snow. And so I did a little digging. I did a little digging on people that like to ski and snowboard and how to best utilize their their winter and and being able to to get you know, I I don't know about you, but the years that I didn't go skiing, I was miserable for the winter time. Yeah, I think if you don't find the joy in the winter, you know, it's like purgatory. Yeah. Right? It's like dark and cold and you're just trying to get in and out of your house without freezing and you're shoveling snow and it can be fairly miserable. So if you don't really embrace it, 
and go out and play in the snow, then you're basically somebody desperately waiting for spring like myself, which, you know, it can be a long winter if all you're doing is waiting for spring. So I know that you love to ski and you do kind of passes and um, you and your husband and your son love to ski. So tell me a little bit about skiing, because I think that's a huge winter hobby. It's also can be downhill skiing can be probably one of the priciest ways that you might be outside enjoying the elements. So help people decide how much they should spend there, what they should be thinking about. Yeah. So know who you are. Are you that person that wants to go skiing every weekend or even every other weekend? Or are you the the family that, that just goes maybe once or twice a year? I'll say that in the past, we've been that that family where we might go once or twice in the year, and I would never even consider getting a ski pass. But I've been a ski pass person for a few years now, and I think that I think there's definitely things that I've looked at every year. And being in the in that world, uh, I've noticed all different kinds of families out there skiing, and all different ways of being able to buy quote unquote buy into this. So I would say if you're a family that likes to go skiing and you think you're going to go skiing at least seven, ten times during the wintertime, then I would look into doing a season pass. And so New England has many of these different passes they have. Uh, you can buy a pass just for one mountain if you have like a, a local mountain or if you have a favorite that you like to go to, you could just get a pass for that one mountain. But they also have the package deals, and I don't want to throw out names because I don't want to give any kind of favorites here, but they also have these package deals where you can you can do, <laughs> I know, right? You get to say your favorites. We're running this <laughs> podcast ourselves. You get to say whatever you want. All right. Well, so, you know, so I really like to, I, I don't like to go to Loon. I think that it's way too pricey and way too busy. I know that there's people out there that love it, but I don't really like it at all. But I do like Waterville. I love Waterville Valley. I think their prices are five are exits closer. It's yeah, it's a little bit closer for me. <laughs> it's right up ninety three. Oh, and that's the other thing. It's what side of the state do you live on? If you live in New Hampshire like we do, it's either you go up ninety three or you go up or ninety five and to Route sixteen. So it's you know there's a, two right. totally different sides of the state that you can focus on. And so we tend to focus on the 93 side because we live live out on in Derry right off of 93. And so Waterville Valley is a favorite of ours. But we got, this is what happened last year. We were a family of three. We spent about $1,800 on season passes for the three of us. So we get a junior and then two adults. And I guess I didn't look too, too far into it. They don't have night skiing. So that was kind of a bummer. They don't really do any kind of New Year's Eve events or anything like that. That was kind of a bummer. And their and their buddy passes aren't that great. So I was okay. thinking about it. I'm like, you know, let's see if we can go to another mountain. It might be, not be as big as Waterville Valley, but let's see if we can go to another mountain and uh, and get a better deal from this. So we went south a little bit further, closer to Concord, and we did Gunstock. So Gunstock. I love Gunstock. Here. Night skiing. And two for one on Tuesday nights. Listen, I can't wait to go on a Friday night after work. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna get my son from school, and we're gonna shoot up 93, and we're gonna go to Gunstock. They offer night skiing. They offer there's New Year's Eve packages that give great discounts. So you want to look at all the all the things that these season passes offer as well. So here's the trick: if you buy your ticket 
in early spring, so like March, beginning of March, if you buy your season passes in early March, many, many mountains, what they'll do is they'll give you free skiing for the rest of that season if you buy your season passes for the following year. So, so you can use them right away if there's so still snow on the right ground away. and it's early March, you could ski for on that pass so you could get like a twofer. That's right. Oh, I like so that. We, okay. Yeah, it's a really great deal. Of course, it's the it's really only going to count for the first year that you go, right? So the second year, you already have season passes, so it's not going to be that much of a benefit. But okay, if you wanted to try out a different mountain the following year, you could do that. Um, but you can do you can do one mountain like we're doing just one mountain, or you can do the multiple mountains. So I think there's a package deal between Cannon and Loon and maybe Brenton Woods. I think is in there, and so if you like the variety of the different mountains, you can get the season passes for that. Right. I mean, if you're like a heavy duty skier and you really like to like, you know, you're the person going north every weekend with your skis on the truck then something like that where you can, so you don't get bored, you can go wherever it makes sense, whenever you want. Something like that would really work for them because they're skiing a lot anyway. Yeah. We're more of the one mountain, get used to that mountain, love the mountain. You know, you begin to, yeah, you you begin like this little community. You can start to see the same people over and over again. It it, it begins to get a, become this good feeling, uh, but again, I think it's it's only for those people that are going to go uh, seven to ten times a year. And this, so this is another thing. The risks around that is that you might not get any snow. So make sure that the mountain so that you, you buy choose a pass. has good snow making. Right. You buy a pass and they're not making any snow because we're having a warm <laughs> winter and you're just burning that money. Yeah. So make sure that they have some snow making up there so that if there isn't any snow, then you know they'll at least have the... The machines making the snow. That's a good, that's a, a good segue. Because last year, we didn't start skiing until probably the end of February. Now, Waterville Valley, Valley does have ski making, but it's not the full mountain. And so there were a lot of trails that were closed. Uh, they also added a whole new addition to the mountain. So that's pretty cool. But I think they, uh, some of them weren't groomed the way that they, the others were. And so it was a little tricky, but it was still a lot of fun. So if you like to ski a lot, should you buy, you should buy your own equipment, but who shouldn't buy their own equipment? And how much do people pay on equipment? Do you have any idea about what it costs? Like somebody wants to go get skis and ski boots and. I did. I looked up prices of rentals. I looked up prices of rentals because I haven't looked at that in a long time. And do you know that the rentals range anywhere between 40 to $60 a day? Now it depends on what those are like peak seasons costs, but they, they can be pretty expensive. So if you're going right. to go skiing, even if you're that person that goes a couple times a year, buy yourself a pair of skis and buy yourself a pair of boots. You can get used skis if you wanted to get used skis and poles. I wouldn't buy you boots, but you know, some people would. I, uh, I believe in buying a nice pair of boots on sale, off season, uh, that you know you can get fitted for your body for your the you know your your foot that can be molded to your foot and I think I used the same boots for like ten years so you know you, know, you pay a little bit more to to uh, uh, to get a nice set of boots but you can keep them and for kids you know kids outgrow their boots every year so um, we tend to lease 
our son's equipment. It costs $100 oh, I didn't know a that year. You could do that. Yeah, you can lease it for a full year. I think it's just as cheap for, for adults. But for, for Doug, we're getting his skis and his poles and his boots for $100. And so we'll turn them in next year or we'll turn them in at the end of the year. And then next year, he'll get newer skis, boots, and poles. So the reality is, if you lease them, all you have to do is ski three times and you've made money on leasing them versus renting them at the hill. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. I didn't know that was even an option. Yeah, you could do it for adults. You could do it for kids. I've leased uh, cross-country skis before, and that's actually, you know, I haven't really gotten into cross-country skiing, but I think if I did, I'll probably end up buying a pair. But, you know, you can, I think I rented the, this was a few years back, but I think it was like $20 for the weekend or something crazy like that, that you could get a full set. So it was pretty cheap. Nice. That was for a rental. So listen, that's the only cost is not the skis, the boots, the jackets, the clothes, and all the accessories that go with it. You then, once you get to the mountain, you've got to decide if you're going up for the day or you're going up for the weekend. If you're going up for the weekend or a week, where you're going to stay and how are you going to eat? And so you have some ideas about how people might manage their expenses while they're out there. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a pretty frugal person. And so if you, it, I feel like if I spent money in the springtime for the following years skiing, I think that's a, a, a bold move to make. It's a lot of money to put out. And so my justification is if I'm going to put that money out, if we're going to go every weekend, well, let's make this a cheap when it comes to food. Because I don't know when the last time was that you, you bought food at a, at a ski resort, but I, I think a hamburger is like $5. The fries are another four. A drink is another three. And my so, husband uh, would never let me pack him a cheeseburger. He'd oh be like, God. are you kidding me? Oh, I no, want a cheeseburger and I want an extra large <laughs> hot chocolate. So I actually have to plan into the budget junk food for my husband because he's yeah. just got to have it. But that's not true for everybody, right? You could save some money by packing food. Our family is like that too. We, you know, you, you went right around noontime when you start smelling the grills and the food cooking, you, you get hungry yeah. and then you get ticked off if you have tuna fish sandwiches packed. Yeah. So uh, what we tend to do is we tend to bring our lunch, we bring soup, we bring good food so that we're not upset when we start smelling the, the better food. Um, but, you know, if you want to get a snack or something like that, that's where we would spend the money. So, you know, um, snack mid you know mid afternoon or something like that we'll we'll put some money in if we do but otherwise we pack our soups we pack our sandwiches and we go and uh and it's it's just a fun way and it makes me feel better for putting out the money back in in the springtime to get to to enjoy the day and now I don't have to put out any money at all well the other thing is I don't know if you've looked around at the uh at the food at the mountain but there's really not a lot of, you know, I'm kind of one of those, I don't want to say I'm a health food nut, but I'm definitely a health conscious eater. And so for me, it's like the idea that I, that I don't have, you know, the things that I like that I know are good for me that I can eat and feel good about. It's like, you know, I need to have that. I need to have like real food. And so for me, it's like bringing the things that I really like. So let's shift gears for a minute. If you're going to go up and spend the night, do you sleep slope side? I mean, what do you recommend for people? I guess it depends on what the experience is that you're looking for, but um, we have been known to stay to stay at 
a cheap hotel off the off the highway to get good two good solid nights in. What I do recommend is uh, doing some research ahead of time. So rather than winging it and finding what you find, planning out your days. And in fact, if you play, if you can play your cards right, and you can, if you play, you you plan out your days. When I say ahead of time, I mean if you went online now and you looked for, you know, if you just wanted to do ski uh, day passes for skiing and stay at a hotel, your day passes you could get a, a really great discount because you're buying them ahead of time online. So up to 10-15% discount you can get online, and then you, you the hotels will be a lot cheaper because there'll be more available and there will be more um, more opportunities for. For cheaper hotels, if that's what you're looking for. But for us, as long as they have a pool, my son's happy. (laughs) So there you have it. You're traveling as a family. You're spending money on being outside and having fun and, God forbid, being healthy and, uh, you know, being outside and embracing winter. I I don't know why, but if you are, then um, what you want to think about is making this fit in your financial life. So if if this is something that you really want to do, you really should think about, you know, how much money do I really need to set aside each year so that I can afford to do these things? I mean, what Tammy just broke down was, you know, ski, pass, ski passes cost her $1,800 a year. Then they bring food. They also buy food. They rent equipment. They spend some money there. And so by the time it's all said and done, um, she knows that probably in order for her and her family to go skiing for the winter as many times as they want and really enjoy it, they're probably talking about $3,000. And yeah. so for them, when they're thinking about saving, they're really thinking about making sure that they set that money aside so that they have it to pay for when they like to go skiing. And um, because, you know, I mean, obviously, if it's a destination ski vacation, you can just, you know, add three or $4,000 to the price tag to do it just once. Like if you're going to fly to Colorado and go skiing, where I hear the snowing is, the skiing is amazing. I've never mm. gone skiing in Colorado, but that's what I hear from everybody that's gone. But you also then have to get there and you have to get back and you have to get lodging there. And so it, it's a more expensive thing. It's not just, you know, I'm going to go skiing on the weekends and we're going to go night skiing. We're going to have fun. But you think about how much you're going to spend. And then, um, you know, there are cheap winter sports too. So just take a minute. Here's what I'll say to you. Ice skating, super cheap. Cross-country skiing, pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Snowshoeing, free. So great ways to get outside. It's all about what you can afford. It's also about what you enjoy. Uh, but don't let winter keep you inside because what we know is that uh, you absolutely will get the winter blues if all you do is shovel snow and wait for it to melt. Yeah, I guess the big thing here is plan ahead of time. Think about it this maybe the spring prior. You say, you know, this winter was great. How do we make next winter better? Plan that out. If you know you're going to ski, make plans around that. Buy your skis, buy your buy your boots and your poles off season. And um, children, lease those skis, lease that equipment. And plan everything ahead of time. Not lease, lease the kids, even, lease the skis. Le- oh, lease the, oh, I guess you could lease kids. That would be kind of fun. Just say it. You just threw it out there. Maybe. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but plan it ahead of time and you can save a ton of money rather than just trying to wing it throughout the winter time. And it will, it will guarantee a fun winter. It's good to have a fun winter too, because it's a long, dark time. So if it's just purgatory, you know, you're going to be miserable. But just saying... I did make 
sauce and meatballs in my crock pot this weekend because mm, it is crock pot weather in new england for sure that's right gotta love the so, crock pot weather get out there and have fun or save money and buy plane tickets because you know that's the always the other alternative we'll talk about that in a future show <laughs> um if you found this interesting and enjoyable please let us know if you have any questions that you'd like to answer um, for us on the show you can go to my website kt's money matters and you can put in questions and we'll be sure to try to address them on a future show. And if you like our podcast, please take a minute and share the wealth, spread the word. We're looking for other people that might be interested in learning a little something about their money during their uh, drive time every day. Thanks. Till we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.